Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast Feed, and this particular episode of the Four Center Podcast Feed is the Bad Batch Report. Is Ken going to make noises with his mouth? Let's find out. Gonk, 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 gonk. <laughs> I like it. The gon- I'm sure there is some sort of uh, EDM music that has mm. gonk is the beat that drops, right? Some gonking. Let's get some gonking in there. Yes. <laughs> Great uh, little preview of what is one of the favorite comedy moments, I assume. We'll get to that. 
Anyway, uh, I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. That is Ken Napsok, and welcome to the Bad Batch Report. We are discussing episode two, Cut and Run, written by Gersimran Sandu, directed by Stuart Lee, a director who has been with the Star Wars animation franchise for quite some time, because that name pops up a lot when we're talking about Clone Wars episodes. This is a 30-minute episode, is compared to the 70-minute premiere that we discussed earlier this week. So, Ken, let's get right into it. What was your overall reaction to Cut and Run? Did you love it, like it, struggle with it? Where'd you land? Oh, man, I really love this one. And what I also loved is, uh, you know, we've been especially doing this Clone Wars rewatch and seven seasons, and you got a lot of arcs and one-off episodes. And, you know, we were doing the chronological rewatch, and and it all works. It all connects. It's all one story. But with this one, and I know we're only two episodes in, but you feel much like Mando. You feel you're watching a story that's really, truly continuing week to week. And that's just that's been real fun with Mando. And it kind of felt fun in this episode. Absolutely. It felt serialized of this is how they are moving along their whole big path. Not just this is the adventure they have this week. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and obviously Clone Wars works and I don't feel lost or like it's disconnected. We uh, show to show week to week, arc to arc. But. This it just it was a fun feeling to kind of be like, ooh, because it adds some weight, some tension to every decision, which leads to wonderful speculation and, and crazy speculation at times. But it, it's that's part of the fun. And, and I really felt that this week. Yeah, absolutely. I really like that perspective. I really enjoyed this episode. And speaking to what what you were saying, I like this episode because it felt absolutely necessary. Like it was an entirely yeah. necessary question to address like there's the practical stuff of what happens next how do they get to their next place what are they going to do all that stuff but that to me wasn't as important as answering this essential question of why do these four violent soldiers travel a super dangerous galaxy with a child Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just like taking that issue that could be something that bubbles up again and again and putting it to bed up to a point like i think obviously they're going to continue to refine those relationships and choose who they want to be but the fact that this episode raises those questions and then ends so very definitively with uh, omega saying i made a choice and i want to be with you please do not try to pawn me off (laughs) really makes it like that so that is not going to be the question of the week every week yeah right yeah yeah i love yeah love what you're saying settle it we can we can grow and move on and build and build from here build the story from here so i I loved getting it uh because yeah there's there was for me some mando grogu uh vibes for sure in this in this week which by the way isn't bad because it's we love kind of hitting on those big themes and we're gonna talk about some of them but yeah i totally agree with what you're saying we are ready to move on into the galaxy yeah, exactly. And I agree with you that there was some extreme The Mandalorian vibes, just kind of in, in story structure and feel. Obviously, there's some themes with uh, uh, tough people hanging around with a, a kid. It is very different. Uh, we're going to talk about that. Uh, but but in general, compared to like the Clone Wars or even Rebels, this one did have a little bit more of a vibe of, oh, we're in trouble. So we go to a place uh, looking for something and we kind of get embroiled in helping a friend. And then we kind of tease some future appearances like, oh, Rex, he was here yesterday. Like there are a lot of things that made it feel like not like, oh, this is a repetition of the Mandalorian. But like this is a little bit of a template for the kind of storytelling. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, yeah. (laughs) You just missed Rex, man. He came. We had an omelet yesterday. We sat down. (laughs) But that that got me excited in this type of storytelling uh, in this because we are watching the Clone Wars visually in our minds. You know, it's like that show we've loved for years and years and just a little tweak. It's been fun. Yeah, and it works so well because it's so meta because it is mm-hmm. the, these characters flowing out of the Clone Wars into this uh, dark new world uh, that looks gorgeous. 
a dark, gorgeous world. Uh, and a couple other big picture reactions from me is I like that it wasn't just, hey, Cut Laquane and family are back from The Deserter, season two, episode 10 of The Clone Wars. But this felt at least partially like a sequel to that episode, to The Deserter. It wasn't just a character popping up again. Similar issues that are going on in that episode are being developed, you know, ideas of identity and, and what does it mean to be a family person, the value of family and home. All It's not a repetition in any way. It's an evolution. But you could just put together a fun, uh, almost like a, a movie night like we, you do where you pair two movies that <laughs> have surprising yeah. connection. You could just watch The Deserter, season two, episode 10 of Clone Wars, and then cut and run. And it wouldn't just be the character. It would be a development of ideas as well. I, you're right on, spot on uh, with that thing. It wasn't, there's was such great use of the characters and I, I didn't expect anything less. It was not a cameo. It had purpose. And, and I'm, and I'm, I, I, we can talk about it a little bit later, but I like their story, the, the LaQuane family story. I was so happy with it. I was so happy where it ended up. You the tension and all and the changing galaxy, which is dark times indeed. But uh, I, I, I just, I was like, I was invested in them as an adventure. Not that I need a spinoff yet. Maybe I could be sold on the McQueen family Star Wars show. Uh, let's go around the galaxy playing songs. Uh, no, um, but yeah, yeah, it worked for me. I, I, I love that you pointed that out. It, it was it it was powerful. It was useful. It was purposeful. Yeah, I I can definitely see a one-off McQueen family movie that is just an entirely like a, a kind of late fifties, early sixties <laughs> quality western of like you know there's trouble on the frontier and the the Quain family is going to stick together and handle it somehow. Yeah, or you know seventies, just a little bit. I think I love you. Yeah, we could do that. Archer's <laughs> family, indeed. Yeah. Uh, final thing for me in terms of overall reaction is I did really like that just functionally what was happening in the episode is it felt like the Bad Batch and, and the Laquane family are caught both physically and emotionally in the crackdown of the Empire. Mm -hmm. um, and this feels different to me sometimes from the Clone Wars, which makes sense because the plot of the Clone Wars that we, the audience, know is that Sidious is manipulating all this. That was often in the kind of the background, or you could kind of catch threads of it in what the narrator is saying about why events are happening. But our heroes don't know that that's what's going on, so it can kind of run in the background. This change in the galaxy is so directly happening mm. to them that it's really fun to see every episode is going to be i think about how to deal with emotionally and just physically how to move about in the galaxy during mm. the sudden crackdown of the empire yeah there's some great what i would i would call some kind of uh, uh, canon kind of connections to things we say see later on and i was going to ask you too do you I, 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 I'm coming down the side of like the way the show starts. I didn't expect every week to have a narrator last week. Like you said, it worked really well. And, and the, but uh, the, 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 the really kind of short to the point opening graphics credit, little music bump and we're into it. No moral. I, I, I'm currently happy with it. Are you happy with that? You like that style? Um, I do like it. I, I like the music in particular, if that's going to continue mm. to be what it is, of that little weird kind of choral ah, for the Bad Batch and then drums. <laughs> it's a good contrast of like, you know, the luminous and then the really crude, the drums. Um, yeah, but there is a part of me, I think, that kind of longs for something there. I, there's there's mm. no, I don't dislike this. This is great. It's fast and edgy and gets you in. But 
you know, going with like the crawl from the films, the discussion of if there should have been a crawl in Rogue One, the great sort of variation on a crawl for Solo, which I think works mm-hmm. really well. And then the narrator newsreel is just kind of like a different version of the crawl. There's a part of me just almost for fun that wants to see, well, if there was something to pull us in, what would it be? How would it help frame these characters in this era in the galaxy? I, uh, some kind of version of, uh, I'm with you on that. And since uh, some kind of version of the solo one would work for me, which is the Willow introduction as well. It worked for Willow, worked for solo. Can we get it here? Some kind of version of it. Yeah. I, I don't, I wouldn't mind that at all. Cause, cause uh, it, it, it has rogue one vibes. And I, I wasn't a huge fan of that one, especially at the time. Uh, it doesn't bother me as much now because I've seen the film so many times, but yeah, so I, I can support your theories there on that one. Yeah, but there was a part of me since this was a direct continuation of the Clone Wars. It was great to hear Tom Kane. I think it was great to do that and and have it be so effective in the premiere that it makes you feel like you're watching an episode of Clone Wars and then everything goes to hell. Uh, but there's a part of me that was wondering, since it's so tied to the Clone Wars, like, are we going to have <laughs> weird, dark morals? You know what? I want. That's what I want. I want Wrecker's morals at the beginning or the end of every episode. I could. I, yes. Stardate Wreckers uh, audio recorder. We got some stuff to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A message from Uncle Wrecker every week. Hey, kids. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, we'll get back to the comedy moments uh, in Uncle Wrecker, but let's dive into the big themes, the ideas. What did you feel was at stake in this episode, Ken? So we start with uh, one of our, our tried and true favorite ones, to, uh, this found family idea. But we really dig into it and we really uh, directly address it. Not unlike, again, some of the Mando stuff in season two when, you know, he is directly called a parent of Grogu. Like, your dad, whether you want to know, want to deal with that or not. Um, so we had a lot of parenting advice, quite frankly. Uh, sue, mm-hmm. sue back and, uh, and cut. Um, and the idea of protecting and how often your choice isn't the isn't the best choice or it might feel like the right and how complicated it is and, and just how Sue boils it down into, hey, they're going to find trouble. Your job's to protect them. Uh, this is where we do wish we had Jennifer around to be like, I can confirm some parental advice. Because <laughs> um, it's about what she needs and that makes the um, it's about personal agency. You touch upon it already there. Um, and, and it makes that found part of the family more powerful to me. Yeah, no, I love everything you're saying. I think what I pulled out of all of that, those great ideas is just this idea of accepting change. Mm. Uh, cause that, that felt to me like the idea that really connected, uh, basically the advice that cut was giving Hunter <laughs> in general. And then the advice that Sue was giving Hunter specifically about uh, children in Omega. Um, and in particular, accepting change felt like that's what, that the two main journeys in this episode were Omega and Hunter, mm-hmm. uh, were the ones who were kind of going through something in particular. And they were both going through accepting change. Um, Omega is trying to figure out how to be a child, right? Uh, yeah. She doesn't know uh, about uh, playing for fun <laughs> or staying inside fences. Um, right. I think pulling that uh, Camino and symbol off of her head is a real processing of change, a real recognition of, I don't know what I'm going to be next, but I'm not what I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so, so we see Omega really trying to be a child, but then we also see her wanting to show that she can be a soldier too, you know, part of the team. There's that yeah. nice moment in the premiere where she has uh, value because she has abilities she's smaller she's the one who can uh, climb through the grating and then she proves herself with taking that cool shot 
but then there's so much tension in this episode about, you know, oh, she's a child and someone to be taken care of. And she's not a soldier, it's said explicitly. Uh, but it's great to see her having that agency of saying, I want to be part of the team. And you get to see that when she runs off with the chain codes. Yeah, uh, I, I I highlighted the what you talked about, the, this, this, the, the moment of uh, removing her headpiece, which doesn't mean she loses uh, whatever she was, what she came from. She's going to, like you said, you almost discover the new normal of, of what she is and how she wants to get there. And I really put it out as taking her first steps into a larger world, uh, the great Star Wars uh, quote that we all love and uh, and use sometimes uh, wonderfully out of context on purpose. Uh, it just with the whole thing, scene with the dirt and all that. Stuff, I mean, it 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 was a fun version of it, but also a real the processing change depth level conversation going on. I'm just throwing words at a wall here. Um, it, it got got me. I really thought that little moment was effective and highlighted uh, what you're talking about the continued theme of growth and change. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the dirt thing is great. Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, but I, I felt like it was also reflected in this idea that you know, Cut and his family are leaving because they have to. Like, all these changes are happening because the galaxy changed and individuals yeah. can make a difference in that. But uh, right now, these particular individuals are swept up in this huge change that they can't do anything about right now to the galaxy. They just need to take care of the choices that are in front of them, right? Yeah. Uh, it's such a Star Wars uh, idea. And Cut and his family, we see them extremely graceful in their acceptance of there has been a large change that we can affect. So mm -hmm. there's no teeth gnashing about leaving their beautiful home. They're just like, yep, change. It's difficult. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which yeah. I think is, is really yeah. good because the whole Aquain family, I think is positioned as uh, having the, the kind of being the, the mentors, the holders yeah. of wisdom in this episode. Yeah, totally. Even down to the kids uh, for sure. Yeah. I love that idea. It, it, yeah. It was a polite, thoughtful, nuanced uh, buck up pirate. We got to go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Exactly, because, it, you know, that that episode, the first episode with the Quain family, the deserter is so much about how they love this home and this is where they yeah. want to be. And isn't it beautiful here? So to see them be like, yep, it is. It's beautiful. If we had uh, our choice, we would just stay here forever. But change happens. Got to go. Got to go. <laughs> uh, so and that was a great contrast, I think, then to Hunter, which is the other major part of me of this idea of accepting change mm. is that he's wrestling with uh, being a father versus being a soldier you know, he initially kind of can't uh, uh, accept the idea of being a father, you know, trying to send a mega away. Um, and uh, and he also doesn't know how to be a soldier. So he's 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 placed with this, he's faced with this new role of being a father, doesn't know how to do that, just tries to reject it. Yeah, uh, he doesn't know how to not be a soldier. And I like this moment where Cut gives him the advice that hunter came there for like the mm -hmm. the motivation of this episode of why they went to the this guy they know on in j19 yeah. is because we don't know how to hide we're big and loud yeah. <laughs> how do you hide and cuts advice you know if you want to disappear you need to quote put being a soldier behind you and make a new life for yourself and i love that because it, it felt like it was about accepting change like it, like it felt like Hunter was coming there with like, can you give me the hiding pamphlet? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. You know, and tell me how to do the hiding things. And, mm -hmm. you know, cuts advice seems like it's not a, you know, step-by-step -step practical process. You have to accept that you have to change inside in order to disappear. 
to learn how to hide and seek, first you must seek how to hide. It is, uh, <laughs> it, is uh, it is no, because it, it's it's real. What they're looking for isn't putting on a fake mustache and getting by, uh, or in Wrecker's case, a great poncho. I'm going to talk about that later. Um, but yeah, that that it is, and I don't, you know, again going to this thing, especially with Omega, like uh, who Hunter is is always going to be who he is, but just that this this new step I, i'm going to use the, the, the phrase again the, the new normal it's, it's something that's so a part of our life and i i've uh and mm. i i've seen I've, I've i've seen that term just stress a lot of people out in my own life understandably it's none of it's easy and just the idea of nope 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 don't worry we're, we're going to be just like it was we're going to be just like it was and, and maybe it will um, but, but you have to also be ready to move forward. And that's, a, that's a deeper change than just uh, putting on that poncho. No, I love that. I've been thinking about in terms of kind of connecting some of these things to real world stuff. It's so easy for me to focus on what I've lost. So I am actively trying to think about what have I gained, you know, yeah. because the new normal can be scary. Cause I just think about, you know, all the places I love that I can't go to anymore cause they closed or whatever. Right. Uh, but then also trying to focus on, but like, well, what could be new, right? Uh, that's yeah. good. Uh, and I feel like that's what this this episode is is doing a really good job with showing, you know, Hunter and Omega are both afraid of this change. They don't know how to change. But by the end, when, you know, Omega really makes her choice clear of I left Camino with you, this is where I want to be. I want to learn how to be, um, you know, a normal kid. I want to learn how to be, whatever we are now agents yeah. <laughs> you know survivors whatever noun we pick i want to be one of this found family and hunter also kind of accepting like okay i gotta be mm. i can't change the kid i gotta find a way to be a parent to a kid and a leader of a team uh yeah. in a different way so it's all about acceptance acceptance that's that I, I love that so it's a, it's a that's a powerful thing for all of us right now. You're, you're so right. To, and, 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 and so easy to focus on what we lose and so easy for Hunter to focus on what is lost too. the clones have spent the, you know, last three, four years knowing what they are, uh, you know, knowing what they're doing. And, and that's a big part of it there. Yeah. And having clear cut missions of, we yeah. know who we are, uh, and what we do is we go on missions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's the next one. The other part of this I wanted to highlight, which I really liked is, uh, it's a good funny line, but Sue's advice, uh, about children is also about acceptance, right? She says, uh, children are going to get in trouble. It's what they do. Our job is to protect them. So that is talking about agency for hunters talking about making choices, uh, to protect, uh, the children with you, but it's so not about control. You know, and I feel like uh, Hunter starting with like, oh, mission objective, <laughs> keep child from danger. <laughs> and Sue is saying, no, no, mission objective is except the child will be in danger. So you are poised to help them. Yeah, I'm 45, but I'm going to send this episode to my mom. <laughs> Sorry, is that working through? I, I got to do stand up this week, and I'm working through mom jokes here. Okay, everybody, hey, them's the jokes, folks. No, but but it, it, this this is why. The, I mean, this episode, it, much like the deserter, you're you're so right to say it's just a great continuation and evolution of their story. It, it, it's it was really slow roast and powerful for me personally. Yeah, yeah. I got one other kind of big idea from this episode, but I also want to check in with you uh, if there are other other big uh, ideas at stake you wanted to discuss. Yeah, I have one, one, and who knows? Maybe sometimes we sync it up. I, I love this game. Um, uh, <laughs> I call this one the power of purpose. And, and finally, mm. I love, all caps love, that cut refutes the word defective. 
he just refutes it and says, uh, uh, and, and, and on one way that's like plot fun, right? Ooh, who is Omega? What, what's her hairstyle and the way she stands and holds her hands? What's it mean? And you know, yeah, I look at that stuff too, but this is a, just a powerful thing for us too. Of just, uh, sometimes we can believe the words uh, put upon us. Sometimes we are shackled with these words or thoughts or the way people view us and, and, and they're horrible and, and, and you must rise above them. And, and uh, sometimes you just maybe believe them. You know, I'm a person who out of depression has just believed all the bad things. The bad stuff is easier to believe said Julia Robertson, pretty woman quote that put it on a t-shirt. Um, but I love, I really love the cut was like defective. No, 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 no. Like, uh, you know, they don't clone without purpose. Um, and you could take it again on the plot, but I took it for a, real powerful theme of, of, of really finding your purpose. Yeah. And it's a great follow-up to uh, the line in the premiere about uh, not defective, but deviant, uh, Mm -hmm. which sounds like makes it, makes it uh, seem like this is that great internal battle that a hunter at least, and the rest of the bad batch, maybe not Wrecker. I don't think Wrecker does a lot of time uh, staring into his own soul. Um, (laughs) uh, Better for him. To quote Carrie Fisher, that you know of. You don't know. Well, that I know of. Put it this way. I think Hunter's stand-up comedy would be pretty soul-searching, working out his uh, issues if he had a mother. Uh, well, maybe he can make new jokes about Nala Say. Uh, I think his stand-up would be like uh, pacing the stage. I don't know. Here's working through it. And uh, I think uh, I think Wrecker would just do uh, Gallagher bits. He would smash uh, Melleron fruits. <laughs> and both work. And both are great. Yeah, no, I love that. I, I think there's a lot in this that is about purpose. It is about characters uh, making choices. And it is about ideas of how do we identify ourselves, right? Because yeah. the, the deserter is definitely about, um, oh, well, Rex is a soldier. Mm-hmm. You know, what's so powerful about the deserter is Rex sees himself as a soldier. He sees Cut as a deserter. And then they come together on this idea of what we both value is protecting uh, our families. It's just that Cut's family is literal and Rex sees the entire Republic as his family. So it's this great uh, idea where they come together on identity. And you're so right that this episode really follows up with those issues of, of how do you choose who you are? Who you are, yeah. Uh, for me, the other big thing I wanted to talk about is... Uh, I felt like for our heroes, there's all these great ideas of accepting change and discovering what might be good in the new normal. You know, hey, mm-hmm. Hunter seems to like Omega. Omega certainly likes being around them. There's some good in this scary new normal for them. Yeah. And then in opposition of that, everything about the Empire was this picture of control, mm-hmm. the control of the Empire. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, a lot of the plot mechanics are about uh, the Empire literally uh, tagging, identifying everything. And, you know, that can get into, I think, some some real world conversations. Uh, But for me, what I think is interesting in the story of Star Wars is um, we know that the story is an evil space wizard who can shoot lightning from his hands. And is also a really great politician (laughs) is evil and he controls everything selfishly for his own gain but it's specifically about control because it all flows from palpatine so Mm. all of these new security measures are about control they're about holding on tighter right they're making it they're about making it harder for people to move about and if you can't move about then you can't make your own choices you can't escape uh, getting out of palpatine's box of being exactly where he wants you uh yeah the, the the lie of control in this episode and and um 
Uh, yeah, again, I, lo- I love, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the connections again, what's coming. But yeah, love every, uh, it, it felt um, claustrophobic in this episode. Yeah, right, right. It, and, it, and I thought it was done really well because it was both the practical and the emotional. There mm-hmm. is that great exchange between uh, Cut and Hunter about, well, why are more clones coming now? The war is over. Yeah. And this idea of building up a military presence in communities to say, yay, peace is here. You know, really gives you that feeling of, well, the the quote unquote government, Palpatine's government is now kind of is still at war. It's just they're it's at war with the people now. Right. Yeah. Uh, Seizing and tagging ships, uh, making old Republic credits useless. I love that they had the hologram from the Admiral uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) that it's great things out of our generosity. We are forcing you to exchange Republic credits, (laughs) which are now useless. Yeah. or imperial credits uh we'll, we'll talk about the chain code obviously mm-hmm. when we get to um the canon section but just in terms of the thematic power of the chain code i really liked text line it's ingenious you could create a database to identify anyone in the galaxy mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. i think this is in the story of star wars uh, this database isn't about protecting each other it isn't about working together because it's flowing from Palpatine, it yeah. is about controlling and limiting people, right? It, 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 mm-hmm. Everything about this episode reminded me of, of Han and Kira trying to get off Corellia and how incredibly difficult it is to just move around and have just any sort of basic freedom. You're, you're seeing day one, two, day seven of that. You're seeing that in action. You're seeing where that really began. And I love that connection. Uh, uh, was it over the top? No, but it was just part of this tapestry of this era. Uh, and, and I love seeing that. And by the way, tech, we're, we're definitely talking about tech, just fire in this episode. D- tech is really, really raising up there in my list of favorite characters. It's it's amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah so we'll, we'll talk about some of these details, as we say, uh, in, in our podcast here called We'll Talk About It Later. But I wanted to highlight it as an emotional thing because we can get just caught up in the canon of it. And it's really Mm -hmm. effective to me. You know, I think there is at the danger of dabbling into the real world. I think that there is a difference between like, hey, for safety, we want people to carry certain information, you know, for cars are registered, that kind of thing. But it. And there is always the fear in the real world that that could tip into what is being shown here, that could tip into a limiting of movement, you know, Uh, but cars have been regulated in lots of ways and cars are still, I think, a symbol of freedom, right? When you say to somebody like, oh, yeah, I bought a new car I love and I'm on the open road, right? It's still a sense of freedom. Some of the regulations we have in the real world are not about restricting freedom. This is my opinion. I know listeners, some listeners may disagree. But what affects me in this story of Star Wars, it is, it is the fear come to reality of that what Palpatine is trying to do to people is make them feel like change isn't possible. Mm-hmm. If you're on a planet and something isn't working in your community and you think, should I just try try something different? No, there are all of these obstacles. I should just put my head down listen to the Imperial broadcast and do what Palpatine wants, you know? Well, and, and I just feel that in my soul. Yeah, no, what, what, what's the, the danger is, is, is that fine line and, 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 and yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It's like, you know, it's maybe tough to have the real world conversations and I get it, but that's even in the real world. It's a fine line. Yeah. yeah. I, I, someone for 17 years had to make sure 
you know, uh, you st- you were staying after hours. I need to know who you are and where you are. Well, that's restrictive. Well, if there's an earthquake, I need to find you. That's why we're doing it. You know, but that could tip in one direction real fast. And I think what you're saying to me, what I'm hearing, Joseph, is, 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 is to see Palpatine do it. It's easy that we're joking about the out of the generosity of the empire, but it's easy to go. All right. Again, the trains are running on time. I just have to bow down to everything here in front of me. You know, it's 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 a it's a deliciously complicated uh, thing. And, 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 you know, we know in the Star Wars story, Palpatine's just uh, exploiting every uh, corner of that. Yeah. And I think one of the great things about spending more time telling the story of the Empire and making us really feel it on screen, because this is I feel like on screen, this is some of the stuff that's been in the books and the comics a lot. And now it's really it's concrete. It's uh, on screen. Uh, not that the books and comics are lesser, but some people don't read them. Some people just watch uh, the the movies and the television shows. Uh, and I think one of the great things that we might be getting into is uh, the myth that trains run on time. Palpatine right. yeah. doesn't have any interest in actually setting up a more organized society that flows better. It's not like there are some personal liberties that are gone, but everything uh, flows really well. He's like, no, personal liberties are gone so he can take the minerals he wants from your planet to right. build a big weapon. It's not so your life can be better. It's so right. he can have what he wants. Yeah, and, and especially after last week and, and talking about Bad Batch, uh, not just with you, but other other places or other folks off air. It's like, it, I, I believe in my heart, Star Wars continues to say no there's a side <laughs> there's sides <laughs> and and um and they dealt with it specifically last week with with crosshair uh what's the difference and and tech well <laughs> here's some differences and i think this episode <laughs> continues it's now it's really showing that on the ground level yeah absolutely uh we talked about some of these but did you see other ideas of larger storytelling and morality and perspective of star wars reflected in the cut and run episode couple of them here for me just pulling some of uh what we've already talked about and and pushing it forward towards other star wars stories uh, i i called this one the power of of choice we've been talking about you know agency growth accepting change but uh, the the thing with omega and hunter but omega just being like i want to be here i thought of leia uh, uh, we're looking at han and new hope going he's got to follow his own path no one could choose it for him and w- mm. why that r- works for me why it, i think reflects larger stories it, it doesn't mean every path is um is right, I guess I'll say, or every path is completely safe. You touched upon Omega's got to learn how to maybe take care of herself or what some of the boundaries are and, you know, just for her own safety. That, those are, that's the nuance, the smaller, the, the micro part of that conversation. But it's really powerful when someone wants to be there. Just think of Han sticking around. Just think of Han in Return of the Jedi going, yeah, I'm a general now. And, and Leia going, wow, you've really, you, you've, I, we let you follow your own path and, and you found it here and it's more powerful. And that also to me, there's a great little beat um, uh, tech uh, saying, uh, you know, we're, we're deserters now. And, 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 and that shot of echo in his eyes kind of popping and realizing, yeah, that's the choice we made. And now maybe echo's got to accept that along with the team that, that we've made this choice. Now we gotta, we want to be here. We're, we're, we're deserters. We've got to find our way in this new world. Um, this is what we've done. And that makes it more powerful for me. Yeah. The acceptance of choice. That's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love connecting that back to, uh, to Leia's great line in a, in a new hope, uh, setting off these stakes in larger star Wars storytelling. Um, yeah. at the risk of saying this every episode, of bad batch, I, I do continue to see that great star Wars theme of the organic versus the mechanical, um, you know, mm-hmm. Omega having only lived in, you know, mechanical structures like, you know, yeah. on Camino now seeing nature, you know, mm-hmm. we've seen riffs of that before with uh, with Ray and with Han 
uh, you know, seeing, you know, different environments. Um, but in particular with Omega, we're like, it, it, it's a very, Camino is a very sterile environment, right? Yeah. Uh, so this is really like, and, and the way it's shot, it's not like, for example, Ray gets to see a different environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, feels like Omega has never, she's studied trees maybe. <laughs> yeah. But she, it's like, she's never seen a tree. You know, and the idea of dirt being new is like she's seen the organic uh, yeah. for the first time in a full way. It was a really effective scene. Shout out to Kevin Kiner. I thought almost catching um, a, a Disney, like a not a Disney Star Wars vibe, but like a Disney uh, animated movie vibe of uh, <laughs> got really, uh, really sweet and, and, and uh, syrupy in a good way. Uh, you know, like frolicking through a, a meadow <laughs> type of a thing. And it, it was a real sweet scene. And it, it was a it was a take on, yeah, some beats we've seen before. But it was very, very specific to Omega and very specific to uh, being raised in a hospital, basically. Yeah, raised in a hospital, that's a great way to say it. Everything's just all clean and spoons to yeah. sit in. Yeah. Uh, just like real hospitals. Um, <laughs> the other thing for me is I this, I think, was was there in the episode, but I'm really glad that they decided to just highlight it in a line of dialogue of uh, when Echo says, it's ironic, clones wanted names instead mm-hmm. of numbers, yet now people are signing up to be given numbers. Is such that push and pull of the organic versus the mechanical, which has always been something that's been a challenge to the clones and, and the clones that we know of the clone wars they're always striving they're they're you know a military and they work well together in a team and there's that sort of mechanical to them and and there's that threat of them becoming the the faceless automatons mm-hmm. uh, behind masks but everything that every clone we meet is striving toward humanity and individuality and so for echo to have gone through that journey and now have to kind of uh, wrestle with it from this different perspective is great to highlight in this line. Uh, I love that you highlighted it um, because it also made me, it reminds me of just the, this episode. It just, it's kind of sad to watch these clones, the ones that we spent so much time with. Uh, I'm saying the clones in general, painting their gear and tattoos and all the things. And, uh, you know, and just to see where they are now, I, I, I'm talking in store just as a fan. It's, 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 it's you kind of, you kind of get a little tear in your eye. I'm just like, man, uh, and I know the inhibitor chip and all this, but you just kind of go, man, it's so, it's so sad. It's, it, it's sad for me. And it was, uh, I love that you highlight that moment because it's part of, uh, part of what's at play. No, I agree with you. I, I had written down that it is both fun and extremely painful yeah. to see the clones, just the clone troopers just literally turn into stormtroopers, right? Down to that, there's that line that's just like, you know, uh, show me your identification. All right, move along. Like mm-hmm. they're so lifeless and sad, you know? Yeah. Yep. Um, Okay, just a couple other big themes for me. Uh, one of them is uh, quoting Anakin's line, quoting his mom in The Phantom Menace, the biggest problem in the universe is that no one helps each other. Yeah. I liked that this was an episode where the Bad Batch comes there explicitly for Cut's advice on how to lay low, uh, and then they also get some, they get that advice, and then they also get some parenting wisdom. Yeah. Uh, and in turn, they use all of their skills to help Cut's family escape. And it is a real picture of just helping each other because... Of course, uh, we care about each other. Uh, let's help each other. And in a way, that was the part of it where you can compare it to Mandalorian, but it feels more wholesome. This was like the wholesome version of the Mandalorian because poor Mandalorian, as people have pointed out really well, just doesn't understand, you know, didn't understand relationships outside of an exchange of goods yeah. or services, right? Yeah. Uh, right. It's just his economy. Yeah. Of, I want a favor, so I hunt something for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, And this was just like, we're both here and we both have something the other needs and we give it to one another because we do. Yeah. 
yeah, the heart of these characters. It's uh, it, that's where it is. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. And again, yeah, that connection to Shmi and, and Anakin. And yeah, that's a central Star Wars theme. Yeah. Final thing for me was uh, I like that the mystery of Omega's purpose is being uh, italicized, bolded, and underlined. <laughs> yeah. Cut says the Kemi Nolans don't create without a purpose. You all have one, so what's hers? Uh, it was it was delivered really well. It was definitely a, a an organic part of their conversation. Uh, but in my mind, a Cut turned to the camera and raised one eyebrow. <laughs> and said, uh, why don't you buy a Speculate Responsibly t-shirt at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. Yes. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I like exactly. that. It affected me in the big theme way, but also just fun for the plot. Gotta love yeah, some it's, plot. It's fun. It's fun and different because we've definitely had questions of, ooh, how is this all going to end up? But this like specifically sort of like mystery, she has a purpose and we don't know what it is. Ooh, it's yeah. fun. Yeah. I, Any also, other... Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I do. I, but also, it, it's also fun. To, it, it, we should always highlight, like you and I, you know, we dig into these themes, and we 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 also just enjoy watching and going, "What's next?" <laughs> exactly. Who's that? Exactly. In fact, I'm I'm gonna I forgot to put it in the notes, but I'm gonna ask you what your hopes are for, okay. for the next episodes. Yeah. Uh, that's a little tease. Uh, just like saying mm-hmm. Rex was here yesterday. Uh, that was a little tease for the second half of our podcast. Any other thoughts before we go to our break, Ken? Yeah, one little one here to, to pull it. Well, it's big, I think, but I, I love uh, it. It serves this uh, the lessons in attachment. And I'm looking at Hunter and the idea of, of parenting or protecting. And and when we hear often often the Yoda quote of fear leads to hang, anger, hate, suffering and blah, blah, blah. And I'm writing it off because it's key. It's important. But I hear that a lot and I hear it misused or hit hear that fear is taken out of context. It is, it is the fear of this this attachment that Anakin has. And I think by now we're all really familiar with Anakin's. But I love when you see that attachment often comes packaged as care, concern, and maybe even love. And I've talked about Anakin shows many times that he confuses possession as love. Um, so attachment, it can, can, it can seep into the pores. It, it is not just this demonstrative thing. It can come from a, maybe a real good place. And, and they deal with that in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Not that it's not there. But I just love seeing it with Hunter. For me, it kind of resonated in that. Like, hey, you're really attached to Omega in a way that you want what's right for her and wants what's safe. But you, if you don't let go and let her make that own choice, who knows where that will lead for both of you. I think that's a really good a good uh, uh, observation to really attach that uh, to attachment. <laughs> that, that idea of personal choice is really important because, yeah, sometimes we can talk about attachment because of Revenge of the Sith in terms of, you know, Yoda's advice of like, you know, l- let people go if they need to pass on. But I think the perhaps more important part of that or, or equally important is to respect people's choices. You, you know, that's a part of, of a healthy attachment is not controlling them. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, great, great observation. Uh, We're going to take a quick break now, and we'll be back for more. I don't know if there are observations, maybe just geeking out about favorite action moments, uh, comedy moments, canon, and all sorts of other stuff in just a moment. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, Force Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Force Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa 1138 and we are back to finish our discussion of the great bad batch episode cut and run let's talk action ken did you have some favorite action moments 
one of these days are going to be like, nah. No, I, uh, I uh, again, uh, a lot of action. We, we, when we see the Bad Batch, we want action. We, you know, we'll have the, the sit down dinner uh, episode at some point. Uh, I, uh, a couple of big moments for me. I'll start with this Sniper Sue. Uh, I, I really do love uh, the return of Sue. Uh, and I love uh, her sniper skills. And I will add, I love that the Nexu wasn't killed. Yeah, I mean, uh, we made the exact same notes uh, with only slightly different words. <laughs> I wrote Sharp Eye Sue on the roof and then really liked that they didn't kill the Nexu. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, we, we've talked about this on recent episodes uh, across uh, all sorts of different kinds of Force Center episodes. I think for a lot of fans, it really came into focus how much... Uh, beast of burden animal monster death uh there is uh during jedi fallen order where we were all made to constantly slaughter uh, all wildlife we met <laughs> and we look we love that game but that was just a part of it it's like it, it's hard to ignore how much that has been a part so i really liked uh that okay it looked like they're definitely hurting the nexu but nexu was alive you know yeah, yeah, no, I, you know, I mean, look, I, I, chapter two of, of uh, season one of Mando is my fi- still my favorite episode, and and in that episode, I'm still like Mando, I just leave the mud horn alone. It's just trying to go about its day, protecting its egg. Yeah, no, there's a, there's definitely some morality to be discussed there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it is. It was a great note, and yeah, Sue's great. Uh, loved, uh, loved a uh, good, uh, good. What you, sharp eye, Sue, the sniper. <laughs> yeah, it is just great. It was, uh, yeah, I, I think just. I think there's a power of it to me of like it was a fun action moment of like, yep, I'm ready for this. I know what to do. I've got my <laughs> my ladder up to the roof to get the yeah. best vantage point. So like there was this uh, I know what to do. I've planned for this emergency uh, or other anyone attacking uh, our homestead. Uh, but then it really backs up when she's like gives the advice of like they get into trouble and you just got to be ready to protect them. So it's nice that we saw her literally do that. Uh, yeah, abs- yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right, other favorite action moments for you? Uh, move. I mean, there's, almost like last week. There's so many, there's so many moments in these big sequences. I picked out only a couple to highlight, but uh, Wrecker fighting off blasters, which like that storage canister box thing. <laughs> it's very Wrecker like. I mean, I said Wrecker's kind of my favorite guy, which is I don't know what it says about me, but uh, I just love that because uh, there's also there's always this glee in his just persona and image and spirit when he's fighting and i love that i love that uh that that move yeah no that was great and then uh my favorite thing is in any action scene is when uh you throw whatever is the nearest object uh at your opponent which he does with the box eventually <laughs> just which is just smart just smart <laughs> just smart uh my my next favorite action moment for me is another uh wrecker moment uh, I wrestled with whether to put this in comedy or in action, but I put it in action. That astromech who catches uh, Omega yeah. and then does, we've heard a lot of astromech scream. This was the best astromech scream I have ever heard. It's just, it's not even an alarm. It's just like outright panic with that scream and wobble. Uh, and then it was so cathartic when record just smashes it on the head. Uh, this is partially you're talking about your stand-up in the real life uh, uh, sneaking in. There, there are some of the world's most sensitive car alarms that have been parked outside our apartment building for the last two weeks. I got to the point where I timed them. There's one that goes off for two minutes, and I just want to be a wrecker and go out there and just pound it and stop it. 
I wrote uh, that. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, I feel you there. Um, I, I wrote that too. I just wrote screaming astromech three exclamation points. It was, <laughs> it was specific. And look, as someone who, uh, no matter what time of day I need to get up, it doesn't matter. 5am, 10am, doesn't matter. Whenever I get up, I'm like wrecker hitting that astromech when the alarm goes off. <laughs> I would not want the uh, astromech screaming wobble as a uh, as a wake up call, but very great action moment. Uh, one more for me. Uh, I really like Hunter's uh, emergence into the fray. The way he jumps in with that knee shot, yes, <laughs> and cracks a clone in in the head with his knee, and then there's just like this great kinetic flow to the way he's uh, chopping and kicking oh. and punching and blasting. There's just this great flow to it. There's so much in the animation where they, I think, are just reveling in the advancements. Um, a lot of changes in focus uh, from the foreground to the background. Mm -hmm. And uh, th there's a lot of the action. The action in Clone Wars has always been good. But here in Bad Batch, there's some of these moments that are just like so flowing, so mm -hmm. kinetic. And that that one was just a chef's kiss to me. Yeah, same with the season seven Clone Wars as it just gets better and better. There's those moments and a lot of it's showing up in the comedy, but I, I highlighted from that Hunter sequence when he uh, makes a clone, fires, blaster at the other clones, which is, you know, something you might see in a Bourne movie too. But to see it just so, f just, and I think I probably saw Mando do it now that I think about it, but just to see it in, in, in Star Wars animation and, and so smooth, I think you're right. Kinetic energy, great, great way to describe what was going on with Hunter. He's so skilled. That's his skills at play there. It pulls that little knife out and he's ready to go. Yeah, and like one of the clones he shoots uh, flies into a box and their blaster goes flying even farther. It's just, you yep. know, it just makes it uh, much more exciting to have those sort of like uh, variations in the, in the combat. Any other action moments for you? Uh, no, that pretty much covers that. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff, but yeah, th that's the highlights for me. Cool, cool. So let's move on then to moments of comedy, whimsy, and weirdness because there were a plenty. Mm -hmm. What do you got? Uh, for me, this is, I had to restrain myself from writing down <laughs> most everything tech says. Well, so you, you always put, uh, this question is comedy slash whimsy slash weirdness. And I think, I think you and I both often go to the comedy side of it. I'm going to go whimsy. Whimsy to me is just also magical. I used to yell at my old roommate, like he, he told, I, he goes, I hate Lord of the Rings. I'm like, you don't have no whimsy in your heart. Um, so Omega dancing in the dirt and her saying that's amazing and just grabbing the dirt they took their time with it again it was a beat we're probably familiar with in star wars but it was very unique to omega it, it very much tapped into the camino stuff we talked about earlier and it was just it was a, it was a little bit of a disney like i said disney in a, a character in a meadow moment and i and i liked the whimsy on display there yeah, for me, the I totally agree with you. It is a beat that that we have seen in Star Wars. It is going to, I think, pop up when you're telling stories of uh, orphans and found family and coming of age, that this moment where somebody sees the majesty and the beauty uh, of, of the galaxy. But I thought this one had a great twist in that it starts with dirt, right? It could yeah. have just been the beautiful trees of Seleucami and the, you know, space butterfly. And it could have been things that we all do just kind of associate with beauty. But the fact that it starts with, this is my, the first thing I wrote down of Omega saying, whoa, what is this? And then Tech saying, that would be dirt. <laughs> it's such a great way to highlight the things that we take for granted or even think are like gross or weird or a problem to keep out of your house are thrilling to this person who's never seen it. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was like I said, just real beautiful and tech. Oh, tech. We can get the tech. Uh, uh, we can have a uh, best tech moments every week. Probably. Now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what are some other moments then for you of comedy, whimsy, weirdness? 
Uh, they're all tech. Um, well, I'll jump to the one that isn't tech at the end. And I think we've seen versions of this before, but I, I you know, I'll, I'll watch Wrecker curl a gonk droid all day. It was just really yeah. funny. Especially when he's saying gonk, gonk every yeah. time. It's uh, uh, it's a little twisted. Like, what's that gonk droid? Like, put me down, put me down. But <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll dance with the uh, morality on this moment later. I loved, uh, I love Wrecker just getting in a workout. It was great. I could feel it in my abs from the way he's positioned. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's arm strength, but that's core building too. Uh, yeah. I thought we talked last week about uh Wrecker being a comedy vehicle that is with great power comes great responsibility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I thought there was some great Wrecker responsibility because like the loud, not as smart guy or, or the person who is maybe just as intelligent, but chooses to be really blunt and direct Right. Um, whatever the truth of Wrecker is, but the big, loud bruiser guy, if you just play that joke exactly the same way week after week and give him eight jokes every episode, it, it's going to get tired. Mm -hmm. And this week, right away, I felt like they were finding lots of different ways to make the, have things be funny because they're true to Wrecker, but have a little bit of subtlety or, or nuance to them. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I, I think I mentioned last week, and I love the I love Wrecker, but you know, sometimes you know, I, I could you know, it could be one too many, but then it comes back again, and it's funny. And you're right, They're just the the science of comedy, the science of uh, of putting all that together. Uh, you're right to highlight that this week he felt uh, muted at times, but he felt so Wrecker when he needed to be, and I, and that's going to make it last longer for me. So I want Wrecker to remain my favorite character, not not me get tired of him. Yeah, exactly. And I think they're well aware of that. And this second episode demonstrates it so well. I loved uh, Uncle Wrecker. Uncle Wrecker uh, was funny. And it was nice to see him developing a little bit into the uh, the archetype of the gentle giant that he loves yeah. smashing. He loves blowing up. But it's almost more out of like a strange wonder and excitement, not out of just violence, not out of wanting to generate pain, because yeah. he seems just as happy to see children as he does to see an explosion. <laughs> well, yeah, there was, yeah, there was a great moment where the cut, it's like him and Omega are the ones sleeping on the floor, taking a nap. <laughs> Cause they, they played too hard exploring the yeah, ship. Yeah. 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 There's these, these things that really, yeah. Make you like him as like, Oh, he's just a big kid. He just likes yeah. fireworks, you know? Totally. Uh, the other record moment for me is, you know, I think it's it's fine to accept it. Obviously it's just a joke of he's taller than everybody, but when he hits his head on the pole, it really did feel to me like the uh, Django DNA joke lives on where in Attack of the Clones they had mm. Django hit his head on Slave One as entering as a joke on at the time they believed uh, Stormtroopers were going to be clones. So yeah. uh, uh, connecting the infamous Stormtrooper hitting their head on the Death Star too. It's in Django's DNA right. and <laughs> I kind of felt that tradition uh, yeah. when Wrecker hit his head on the pole very subtly in the background. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. All right. What else? Uh, what else you got? Let's move to the tech of it all, man. I got like three lines that I thought were great. Uh, and I know you probably got some too here. Uh, I'll start. I'll, I'll start the bidding at uh, hiding. That's what deserters do. <laughs> He's so technical. I love it. Yeah. Well, here, and here's the, we, I, I'm sure we touched upon it before here, but just to highlight it again, this could be done wrong. This could oh, be, yeah. this could be a joke at tech's expense. Um, you, you could make, fun of of him and and it's not he, he's not taken as a joke by the team um they don't uh they don't react to it when he says something like this like oh tech you always you know it, it is it is who he is and he's accepted for that and they understand it and and it's also there's a great truth and siphonless i mean echo is de deals with it correctly like well i'm so happy for you that you think this is great but it's all <laughs> in the scenes and, and tech is always treated uh on the level and again, you could go real, 
real wrong with this kind of humor real fast. And they don't. They don't. Yes, I think this is spot on talking about uh, comedy analysis. You, I, I think comedy comes from contrast, and there's a subtle difference between getting the contrast between people expressing themselves in different ways, and it's funny to combine them because, like, wow, I'm a straight line and you're a squiggly line. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're doing here is just combining different ways to be and it, it juxtaposing them for comedy. What that can very quickly slip into is everyone should be a straight line and it's funny that you're a dumb, incorrect squiggly line. Right. And they are not doing that to tech. I think that's a really great point. Yeah. Yeah. So that line, uh, how else do you think it worked is another one of his lines today. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then my, and I'll shut up about tech and, and let you have, uh, have some tech time here. I love, uh, Hey, can you, uh, can you, uh, uh, copy those chain coats? I only learned of them moments ago, but yes. <laughs> that was the one I wrote down. That was my favorite. Yeah. Do you think you can forge some chain coats? I only learned it moments ago, but yes, <laughs> it's just the it's just the delivery. Yeah. Uh, and I love also just in the background that he's always on his uh, you know uh, Star Wars uh, Apple iPad. Yes, yes. <laughs> he's always on his electro pad. Uh, uh, you know his device mm-hmm. there. Uh, it really shows him as a character that he is just always interesting and uh, interested in figuring out the data. Um, the other uh, tech related moment I wrote down was actually an Omega line is uh, when tech has come up with his plan and there's that fun outrage of uh, Hunter going, you did what? Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the revelation that Omega's on the ship and then Omega turns around and goes, I think it's a good plan, tech. <laughs> yeah. It's great to have uh, Omega have a comedy line and one that uh, really flows from the great comedy of tech. Yeah, totally. Uh, All right, let's move on then to canon lore connections to other stories. Uh, Let's start with what I think will probably be the big one for a lot of people is uh, this episode could have been called Cut and Run and Chain Codes. Uh, Let's talk about chain codes, Ken. Let's Um, Yeah, I wrote down some information uh, that uh, double-checked my memories uh, on old Wikipedia uh, that chain codes contain extensive biographical information, including biometrics, uh, meaning things like fingerprint, eye scan, facial recognition, DNA, odor, scent, (laughs) Mm. are real-life biometrics. Mm. Uh, Of course, uh, first mentioned in Mandalorian, uh, there's an assumption that the last four digits of a chain code are age, since that is what uh, Mando is given. That's the only part of Grogu's chain code that he has given that contain his age. Uh, Cara Dune mentions hers that if uh, somebody sees hers, she'll be in trouble. Uh, we visually see a chain code when Boba Fett is proving to Din Djarin that the armor, that he has a rightful claim to his armor, that he pulls up his chain code, which also has, you know, biographical information about his father. Maybe it's uh, built in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there is the assumption that chain codes, since they do contain biometric information, or how tracking fobs actually work, that the tracking fobs use information from the chain code to scan uh, for matches of biometric data. That's uh, that's a good reminder, actually. Forgot about some of those. Awesome, awesome. So how did you feel? I got some specific canning questions about implications, but how did you feel about this just kind of merging of this is a term that we've heard a lot in the Mandalorian and here it is really popping up in in Bad Batch and really starting to be the building block of not just a fun, how does that work, but a building block of uh, the emotional reality and the storytelling reality of the Empire. That's where it really hits for me. I love the connection. I love that we get some answers or see where where it starts from. But that's the thing. It's the emotional impact of seeing the beginning of it. You talked about the the 
Han and Kira scene. And this is this is more than just echoes of that Carillion spaceport scene. This is this is the genesis of it. This is this is phase one. And so it it, it it's it's scary in a way. I use the term claustrophobic because it starts to close around you. But if you're plugged into that Star Wars story, you and I talk about the oppression of the Empire being the enemy, even when it's not overtly present, i.e. I, solo, the motion picture solo. <laughs> and the, the empire is the enemy. Um, it, it's there because you see what's happening when when they put down the boot and and it's, it, to see the darkness just starting to really come across the land. There's even in the beginning, you know, they had that great the great Omega Omega scene, and then like you look up and there's some like clouds and lightning in the distance. Like it's it's, <laughs> it's down to that that kind of literal nature. So I was affected by that, and and to see you know, uh, um, the Chango's like I said, it's more than just a fun little connection. It, it's. It's uh, it's scary. It's sad. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the storytelling again that it is showing that these are not actually being used uh, for security or to mm-hmm. uh, build information that will support the great Star Wars theme of we should all help one another. You know, we should be a little selfless and not afraid of change. Like, you know, something like a chain code could be used to support those themes if, if they're if this story was about people helping each other but they're so in this story about uh controlling you know and tracking you know yeah yeah well that makes them really interesting thematically yeah Yeah, because it again in in the star wars story it ties to palpatine and i I mentioned mentioned earlier but it's like the lies of the empire beginning and when i'm you know i i i I really love it because i mentioned it a lot now but just that that alphabet squadron reveal of, of Palpatine tracked everyone, so you could see where you slipped up morally. Uh, it this is this is to me kind of the beginning of that that path uh, in a big way under the light uh, under the guise of a safe and secure society, and so uh, you get to see it all start to sweep the world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you're just a, a poor Snivian uh, who's already booked passage and just trying to go where you need to go, uh, you know, and you, you can't even do that uh, without this chain code kind of thing. Uh, yeah. What, what has that Snivian ever done? We don't know. Don't know. Um, in terms of the just the connection to the Mandalorian, I really like this tradition that has been happening in Star Wars forever. But I think, you know, a lot in recent times are kind of turning the page onto this new Disney Plus era of star wars of uh, of building mm-hmm. uh ideas off of one another and it can be really fun stuff we can just put on our star wars uh, uh fan hats and talk about ooh the implications and the what ifs and, and be real technical about it but it can also be big and thematic uh, so i like yeah. that um so for for just putting on the fun star wars fan hats and nerding out about it uh the fact that grogu does have a chain code suggest that maybe someone had Grogu long enough to give him a chain code or or the question of were they used before the Empire you know were they used at some point did the Jedi have well yeah we we, we track a Jedi so we can help them not so you know so we can come to their aid if we need to kind of thing yeah yeah it's just inventory it's just Jedi Jocasta New just has keep some records <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So how do you feel about those canon questions? Do, do they excite you of like, ooh, how did Grogu get his chain code? This is a new, uh, opens up new vistas of storytelling in your mind? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the mystery of Grogu is, I mean, gosh, we've only scratched the surface. Um, so, I, you know, I, I trust we'll get that answer. Uh, maybe he'll tell Luke the whole story. Uh, how did you get your chain code? Ah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, absolutely. Because again, I love that stuff. I love getting those answers. I love seeing uh, how it all connects and and how it all uh, fuels these big themes that we're talking about. 
because they yeah, will. And it, will. And I think there, there's already some, uh, I, I saw on Wikipedia, some some wrestling with uh, with exact timeline issues if the chain codes, which I don't think they explicitly said, if the chain codes are explicitly an imperial invention versus yeah. the Empire saying, this thing that exists and some people use sometimes is now going to be mandatory for everyone in, uh, you know, under the boot of the Empire. Right. Uh, two different things. But there was already some kind of timeline question of like, okay, well, if Boba, Boba Fett states how long he's had the chain code in the mm-hmm. armor so let's do some some math and all that kind of stuff yeah yeah and yeah and, and sa- save your tweets folks yeah that's when i say the beginning like yeah you're right i don't think they were rolling out a new kind of credit card here i i, I do think uh you know looking around what can we do to uh, oh this was here let's try this yeah my, my final thing uh to say about the chain codes is i think this is another triumph of patience of mm-hmm. You know, when Mandalorian starts and there's chain codes and tracking fobs and you don't know exactly how it works. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm so happy to wait to get a clear picture to exactly this when it matters emotionally to the story. Rather than trying to find a way for Grief Karga (laughs) to go, you remember chain codes and how they interact with tracking fobs. You know, it's so much better for me to have some patience and wait until we'll tell the information when it is important to the story. I 100% agree. You and I are both in the, the wrong industry. Okay. <laughs> I don't know no, about no, that. No, uh, we are. No, I, and I, 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 I absolutely agree with you. Seriously. Uh, just uh, take a breath and wait, wait for the next wait. bit of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, almost everything else on my list is just a fun spotted mm-hmm. in the background or the foreground. But did you have anything that you wanted to share? A couple little moments. Um, I love Sue going, what do we have here? More clones that have lost their way. So uh, uh, going right on back uh, the same way we met her before the other clones. And I just love the idea that the bad batch has been here before and been here many times before. Uh, I just, I just like that kind of connection. You mentioned the Rex connection. Uh, I I mean, I laughed. I, I, I guffawed when it was like, Oh, you just missed him. He was here yesterday. What? (laughs) You know, and then now syncing this up to, uh, the last beats of Clone Wars season seven, you know, going to be like, did he leave Ahsoka on that planet and head straight here? I think he did. I I think so too. Yeah. Oh, that was the other tech line that I forgot to write down is when they're discussing, uh, how this happened, uh, Order 66 and the change in the clones and uh, and Omega provides, you know, the information about their inhibitor chips. And <laughs> like, Tech, why didn't you tell us? Like, well, you know, I thought it was obvious. <laughs> Paraphrasing, like, yeah, no, of course. How else do you think? Yeah. Yes, that's the function by which it would have been done. I thought that was obvious. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah. How else do you think it worked? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. Uh, all right. For me then, um, just the mm-hmm. the fun little details. Uh, Salukamai. Yep. I love this planet of lovely trees. I remember remarking upon it when we visited in the episode, uh, The Deserter. It's got uh, the weird space trees and like, you know, palm trees. Great stuff. Um, also, somewhere on the planet, uh, Stas Ali was murdered recently. So that's that's fun to think right. about. Right. <laughs> uh, and then we got, of course, some just uh, some great classic Star Wars, uh, you know, wildlife. Nuna and the Nexu we talked about. Uh, not wildlife, uh, but a different Star Wars species. I like seeing a grumpy Alina. Yes. 
Yes. yes, that was uh, that was really great. Uh, it was great to see uh, the the Snivian who didn't have a chain code. Uh, I think yeah. the Snivian is is a species that's always going to have a an extra oomph uh, for me growing up with the original trilogy because it's always like that is my action figure Snaggletooth, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. also known as Tequil, and because of some various canon confusion, his brother Zutton. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea if this Snivian was related to Tequil or Zutton. I hope so. But, Great to see him. Uh, whenever now there's an 8D droid walking around, I was like, oh, there's an 8D droid walking in the background. And mm-hmm. I was like, someone is getting tortured in this spaceport because that's what they do when we see them. They're always yeah. torturing or cooking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. I also like just seeing a Bith in the background again, going back to having a cool mix of uh, of aliens from both the original trilogy and, and sequel trilogy and prequel trilogy era. I always like seeing the Bith. Um, last one for me, I was watching with uh, the subtitles on, the captions on, and it's great to see the line that uh, when uh, a tech was talking to Echo, he told him to scomp in, which reminded me of like, okay, I've heard that word in bits and pieces before, but it hasn't locked in that that's what that appendage is called. That's um, what that yeah. interface is called that we have seen uh, since um, A New Hope with yeah. the R2 plugging into the computer. Uh, the the scomp term I think was used a bunch in uh, Jedi Fallen Order mm-hmm. for BD one to scomp into things, uh, but that was fun uh, to just recognize. Like, oh, that is exactly what uh, Teko is saying. That's that's the function of Echo's arm. It's a scomp link. Scomp link. Well, yeah, as I called it on the playgrounds in in the eighties, just a plugger arm. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. His data poker. Yeah, I, yeah. Scomp is better. Scott is better. Is better. Uh, you mentioned the grumpy Alina. I, uh, I loved hearing uh, Ventress selling transport tickets. Nika Futterman doing that voice. It was great. <laughs> yeah, great, great to see Nika Futterman back. And that there's a great moment, too, of that kind of the roll in the eyes, like chain codes. <laughs> well, that was just uh, some of the detail you can get now with the, the style and the, the, the tech advancements here. I, I, loved, uh, I loved her sequence. Yeah, absolutely great. Any other uh, canon moments for you? No, no, no. You, you touched upon, I, I was going to highlight the Bith as well. I've just seen a random Bith boarding a transport. Yeah, they're not all in bands, or maybe they are. We don't know. Was there anything that you disliked or questioned in this episode? Uh, not really in this one, no. Uh, really smooth, really well-written uh, episode uh, to, to serve the bigger needs, but also serve as a standalone story and to serve as a continuation of a story that we were familiar with years ago, over 10 years ago now real lifetime uh so uh, i I like what they uh, put up yeah yeah that reminds me to share another thing that i did like it which is i liked that uh being a parent for just a few years because remember the clone wars is only three years long in total (laughs) gave cut a big amount of gray hair (laughs) yeah big streak there you go (laughs) big streak uh yeah and i know there might be some aging questions or whatever but uh look he's uh he's got the gray hair faster than the other clones unless they all die uh dye uh for me i didn't dislike or or anything i think the only thing that i continue to question and i'm going to counsel myself to just have patience is last week i brought up that i just wanted to see a little bit more echo because i felt like Mm -hmm. the premiere really highlighted and reminded what are different the different bad batch members abilities you know what are their kind of uh superpowers almost you know Right. And I felt like Echo didn't get as much focus. So this episode was really nice to see his uh, scomp link arm in action and and to see him use his abilities. But I'm still really waiting and hoping for a, a more character definition for this Echo. 
Mm -hmm. you know, because he started out as one of the strongest clones, one of the most defined clones of that. His name came from, you know, repeating regulations because he was he read books. He was a rule follower, you know, Mm -hmm. and then he, uh, you know, succeeded. He became an an arc trooper. Right. And then he went through this horror show and his arc Mm -hmm. in in season seven of Clone Wars is kind of accepting that he can survive and have purpose and still make a difference. But all that leads up to who is he now? And, you know, I, I have every faith that that is coming, but I admit to myself being a little impatient for like, where's the echo spotlight? Where do we redefine who he is now? Yeah. I with you. So yeah, we'll, we'll both have patience and by episode four will be uh, the echo of it all. The echo of it all. Exactly. Uh, so this one I'm springing on you, Ken, I forgot to add it to our notes uh, because it doesn't make sense to talk about Clone Wars report hopes for next episode because we know what happens in the next episode. But for the Bad Batch report, what are your hopes for the next episode or, or several episodes? Um, I I hope we're not constantly running around. I hope there's an, maybe an attempt to adapt. No, I don't want to say assimilate, but just... Um, um, Again, I don't want it to suddenly be boring. Like, I Wrecker got a job as a short order cook. No, no, like, <laughs> I, I'd love to be, I'd love to see them kind of get involved with something that stretches a couple episodes. And I don't, I'm not talking about an arc. It's funny because I talked to Top of I love the Serialized Nation of this, uh, or, or um, Serialized Nation. That sounds like a book you should all read. Uh, serialized Nature of this. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, I would love to really get, get my hands into like a, a specific plot point here. Is that maybe, maybe it's Rex, maybe it's something like that. I, I don't think we're gonna get an answer on Omega till later in the, in, in the show, but just kind of to, to continue to see the galaxy as it, as it falls and the obstacles that presents, but just have them uh, uh, maybe even start helping others too, to uh, either hide, escape, adapt, grow, change, find themselves. Yeah. So I, what I hear you saying is, is, you know, going back to our theme discussion at the top is you're interested in them finding their new normal and being kind of centered, right? Yeah. Yeah. And look, again, there's going to be conflict. There's going to be something. It's going to build to something. Totally, totally, totally. But this is, I mean, to my knowledge, are we, how many, do we know, know what amount of seasons are coming? We barely even know the amount of episodes. Uh, what's like 16 or something they hear now, right? Um, uh, I still have not, and it might've been released. I have been kind of out of it uh, the last couple of days, but I still have not seen a concrete official announcement from Lucasfilm about how many episodes. Co- correct. And, and the big question about uh, low key and that goes to Wednesdays. We got that big um, scheduling reveal this week. So we might be going for a bit here. And if we got other seasons, uh, you know, I'm not expecting seven seasons, but um, yes, that new normal there. Uh, thank you. Thank you for pulling that out. Just, just uh, getting to that point. Um, not sooner than later, but just getting to it. Yeah, because I think there is a real question. I think if it ends up structurally being very similar to The Mandalorian, I will enjoy that. But if it ends up kind of having a feel like like this episode, where it's just like, we figure out the next thing, we figure out the next thing, we figure out the next thing, you know, that will feel similar to The Mandalorian versus after, let's say, four or five episodes, they settle into, here's who we want to be or here's what we need to be now. Mm-hmm. Either we are just mercenaries and we do missions to survive because we have to. Mm-hmm. Or we have this transformative experience and they decide we want to push back against the empire or mm-hmm. it, yeah, we kind of got a chip on our shoulders about regs, but we want to find any other clones who need help or, yeah. you know, is it a specific mission to like, we want to find a home base. We, we want a home again, you know, yeah. uh, and settle into some version of new normal that they then sort of operate from. 
Yeah, and that could be, look, and this, uh, whoever Omega is could cause them to need to be on the run some more, maybe, uh, you know, similar to Grogu, I, I'll say, but 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 different and unique. Omega is very unique. Um, yeah, but I like, yeah, totally like what you're saying. Yeah, uh, do they do they set up shop and run a bunch of missions like it's uh, the TV show Mask and it's their gas station that turns into a secret base? No, I'm not saying that, but I'm just, I uh, would love to see, I love what you said, helping other clones too and like seeing, uh, you know, who, who, who of the regs can we help? Yeah, I think it just gets to that question of who do they want to be, you know? Yeah. Now that they, they are, I think, are always going to feel defined by missions because that's who they are. Mm-hmm. But what are those missions? And do they choose them or are they just out of uh, a necessity to survive, I think, are the interesting questions to me. Yeah, completely. And I think, that you know, given that we know Fennec Shand is coming and the possibility of the mercenary lifestyle, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the next episode or the next couple episodes where this is offered to them basically this episode that we're reviewing a cut gave hunter the great advice of if you want to exist in this new world you need to change you need to find a new identity and i think it's probably not going to be settling down on a farm (laughs) so i think there might be trying on they like well do we want to be mercenaries then Uh, and maybe they'll be like yep uh also just want to agree with you i think that uh, if if I had to guess, I think we're going to have several episodes of kind of uh, jumping from place to place, encounter to encounter out of just scrambling necessity to survive. And then I think around halfway through the season is whatever Omega's purpose is going to kick in. And that is going to be the mission. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, is going to mm-hmm. animate them. I don't think it's just going to be, oh, cool. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. That's why the Caminoans uh, or Caminoans made you. It's going to be like, oh, you have a, a purpose in this galaxy and we need to help you fulfill it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that idea. Anything we haven't touched on that you wanted to talk about? The only thing is I, I touched upon uh, the cut, uh, the cut uh, family saga. I had uh, weird vibes. Um, one of my favorite pictures is uh, Michael Mann's uh, last of the Mohicans adaptation. And there's some stuff in the beginning where, um, uh, Hawkeye uh, and, and company go to like some s- settler friends of theirs and they have a nice, they get almost kind of the similar thing of what's going on in the world. There's a war on this and that. Okay. And then that family's killed. Um, so <laughs> this episode started and I was like, Oh man, cut better not die. Like, I don't want cut to, uh, and, and they don't instead it's for lack of a better term, a happy ending for <laughs> the cut to cut Laquane family where they get to get out safely Hopefully, we'll see if it, uh, you know, factors in. But in my current headcanon, they're going to go start anew and they're going to be all right. And that just kind of warmed my heart. Yeah, I really like that. And I like the continuing balance of the show that it is very viscerally showing us the horror of the Empire. It's the depressing Clone Wars or Clone Troopers uh, becoming Stormtroopers. It, it, it does even have like the very direct, like you were saying in the beginning of, oh, wow. Omega gets to see the beauty of nature, but a storm is coming. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's very much, how are these characters going to function in this dark world? And I think it's being very aware that part of the point of this show is to, to show hope within the darkness. And I think things like cuts family made it is what this show is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well put. Yeah. It made me happy. Yeah. Made me happy too. Uh, for myself, I just thought that the ship hauling ship was cool. I like that. Oh, I did that too. A, yep. Just a great, a great image. I like seeing the, the weird sort of stasis field. Uh, and then because we haven't, I don't think we highlighted last week. I just wanted to highlight uh, Michelle Ang, Michelle Ong. I apologize. I, I didn't have time to 
discovered the correct pronunciation. Uh, I think she is Omega. I think she's really great. Yeah, this week I even liked her more. Not that I, she didn't do anything wrong last week at all, but I, and I had a lot of people love that character last week. I just there were some great, uh, great little moments and uh, played uh, played that the discovery of the dirt and all that stuff played so well. I mean, she did a great job. Yeah, I just think th- thought there were some great line readings uh, for for lines that are like they're great, they work, uh, but they're variations of lines we've heard before that she's really finding personality and specificity within within yep. the lines. Yep, totally. Great job. All right. We are going to wrap up with our favorite question. Ken, if you could have a toy or an action figure of any character or moment from this episode, what do you want? We got two things. We need the Cut LaQuain family playset, the the updated <laughs> version. Uh, we got to get that. Include the Sue's sniper rifle there. And then, uh, again, we always seem to pitch things for Galaxy's Edge. Uh, we do need a wrecker poncho. Capes get all the headlines <laughs> in Star Wars, as capes should. But a good poncho, including Leia's combat poncho, I think of... Uh, Luke's kind of got a poncho when he sells the speeder, Tatooine. Um, yeah, uh, and, and then now we got uh, this one from Wrecker. I, I, I enjoy a good poncho. I don't own one, but I enjoy a good one. And, and I, I'd buy a poncho, a Wrecker poncho at Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, that's great. They got to have a whole poncho stand. Do you want Luke's? Do you want Qui-Gon's? Do you want Wrecker's? Who's poncho? Qui-Gon's, do you want? yes. Good call. Yep. <laughs> it's a galaxy full of ponchos. I love that. Uh, ye old poncho shop at Galaxy's <laughs> Edge is uh, definitely a winner. Uh, I think for me, I want two things. Uh, this is never going to happen, but I want a a Force Link enabled tech uh, so I can hear all those mm. great comedy lines. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> so it can just be dismissive uh, to me directly in my home. I would love that. Uh, and then the other action figure I want is uh, the Snivian. Uh, and it says on the package, comes with their bags but no chain coding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that'd be great. I was trying to see my brother Zutton. (laughs) I have so many brothers. There's been a lot of canon confusion. (laughs) Just let me through. (laughs) Very emotionally effective. And I would like that in action figure form. Uh, All right. That is our big look at cut and run. We are really enjoying the bad batch and we hope all of our listeners are enjoying it as well. Ken, do you want to tell people where they can find us? I would love to. We are on Twitter at force center pod. We're on Instagram, YouTube as well. You can also follow us on Facebook, like our page there Force Center podcast. You can get an audio book on us by going to audibletrial.com slash force center. Go to tpublic.com slash user slash force center to get some merch, including that speculate responsible uh, t-shirt, responsibly t-shirt. Say it right, Kim. Uh, you can also find our podcast on Anchor, uh, iHeartMedia, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and uh, Stitcher, Spotify as well. Things, A lot of things happening over there. And uh, don't forget, you can support us directly if you'd like to at patreon.com slash force center. You can find me at Cadnapsock or go to my website, cadnapsock.com. Check out the gpa.fun as I uh, do some silly stuff over there. Joseph, uh, what do you got? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And of this week, you can also find me on TikTok also as at Joseph Scrimshaw. Uh, talking about change. I'm trying to accept change <laughs> <laughs> by trying out TikTok. I saw uh, that. Trying to. Mm. Yeah. No, I saw that. I want to. I want to. Yep. I was going to have so. I was going to talk to you about that. <laughs> <laughs> I know that if people really want to dig, I think they can find us on air when Jennifer's talking about TikTok. I think they could find both of us on air going, nope, nope, nope. tried too many, not going to do that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> 
trying to practice what I preach and learn from Star Wars and try a little change. So uh, find me there on TikTok if you're interested. Again, at Joseph Grimshaw. If you want to check out any of my other comedy adventures, you can find them all listed on my website at josephsgrimshaw.com. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for Sharp Eye Sniper Sue, this has been The Bad Batch Report. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.